0: Welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. This is an important life and eternity changing alert. I repeat, this is an important life and eternity changing alert. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 and 21 to 23 say this... Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few that find it. And then Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I believe from hearing those verses, those very words of Jesus, Many people are deceived, many people uh, who have walked an aisle, who have said a sinner's prayer, uh, who have gone through some kind of emotion, uh, of emotion, perhaps maybe they've been baptized or joined a church or gone to a catechism class or, or, or done good deeds and, and think that they're in the family of God and they actually are not. Many are deceived. And so I'm giving this scriptural alert today. I'm saying, listen up, listen up. And I'm asking the question, who is truly a child of God, a member of Jesus' true church, of His family? Uh, Who is it? Who is that true child of God? And I I would uh, begin by saying, it is those who have experienced genuine, genuine conversion uh, a, a true experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. A genuine conversion experience. So what are the evidences of true conversion? If, if that's what it's all about, you'd say to me, Mike, uh, I really want to know what are the evidences of true conversion? Well, I'm glad you asked because 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 tells us why this book was written and we're going to be looking primarily at this book with just an, a couple of exceptions. 1 John 5, 13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal eternal life. And so we can know it. We can know it for sure. And, and there are several evidences of true conversion. I want to name some of them here on this podcast. The first one is found in Romans chapter 7 verses 18 to 22. And I would just summarize it like this. Someone who's truly converted has a new desire. Now look, I want to explain this very quickly. I I look at it in terms of there are two meters in our lives, two measuring meters. There is the desire meter and there is the action meter. And if the desire meter uh, goes from a 1 to 10 and the action meter goes from a 1 to 10, when you are genuinely converted, when you're truly saved, born again, brought into the family of God, and those old things pass away there, uh, one of the things that happens immediately to someone that is truly saved is their desire meter goes from a zero to a ten. It bumps a ten. There's a new desire in their life now. The action meter, how we act, uh, may go from a one, uh, from a zero to a one or a one and a half in some places, and others, you know, changes are, are pretty quick, and it goes from a zero to a five. Uh, that action meter is is how we grow in Christ, and and none of us bump a ten in this life, and 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 we grow over a period of time. Jesus, when he uh, talked about the parable of the Seed and the sower. He said, uh, those that uh, the seed that fell on good ground, and that's the only genuinely converted person in that parable. Those that fall on good ground, some brought forth 30 fold fruit, some 60 fold, some 100 fold. And so there are various levels of action, but the desire meter bumps a 10. Listen to what Romans chapter 7, verses 18 to 22 say, and you got to listen very carefully because this could be just a bit. Uh, wordy, but it says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. You know, sometimes our actions don't always totally match up to our desire, but there's a great desire deep in our heart. Listen to what Paul said. For the good that I want, uh, uh, that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. Now, uh, what Paul is saying there is, (laughs) there there are that struggle. We all face that struggle of temptation, and we all sin. But he says, but if I'm doing the very thing that I do not want, he says, I don't want to sin, I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, That, in other words, sin is in my body, the one who wants to do good, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. And so Paul is just dramatically... Very dramatically uh, expressing that battle that goes on, but you know, a true believer has a desire to do what's right, and and is very aware of that, very aware of that battle, and and is 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 uh, very sensitive to the sin in him, and that brings the second thing that we should be aware of uh, as an evidence of true conversion. It, it is an ongoing confession of sin, and and that come takes us back. The, the book of First John. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, is that familiar passage. But I'm going to read verse 8 first. It says, If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, we all sin. But it says in verse 9, though, if we confess our sins, and that word confess, that verb there is in the present tense, which means that it's an ongoing action. If we are continually confessing our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, a, a an evidence of a true believer, someone that genuinely uh, is is a part of God's family is an ongoing confession of sins. Now, confession means to agree with. In other words, God, I sin, I agree, I recognize that sin. There's a sensitivity to sin and a hatred of sin in in our lives. You know, somebody that can uh, say that they're saved and they just go on and on and on practicing sin and never seem to feel uh, uh, a a, uh, remorse over it, and not only that, but repents of it, turns from it. This confession involves turning from sin. Uh, someone that goes on living that way can't be a true believer. The third evidence is right here in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 6, and it is obedience to Christ's commands. A true believer obeys the commands of the Lord. Do they do it perfectly all the time? No, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. There is no such thing as sinless perfection in this life, but uh, there is that desire and that activity of obeying Christ's commands. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 says, By this we know that we have come to know Him, if we keep." His commandments. How can you get more clear than that? John says we can know that we know Christ by our obedience, by keeping his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. (laughs) How do you get more clear than that? Verse 5, but whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. And so obedience to Christ commands. So if you can live your life day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, not obeying the commands of Christ uh, in a so-called backslidden condition, my friend, I want to tell you, you're not in a backslidden condition based on the word of God. You are not a believer. It is that clear. And then Right along those same lines of what I've been talking about, First John chapter three, verses four to 10. and I won't read all of those verses for time's sake, but you can. Uh, a, a true believer does not practice sin. Listen to what first John chapter three. Uh, verse number 4 says, First John 3, 4 says, "...everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there's no sin. No one who abides in Him sins or practices sin." Now, again, this is not sinless per- per- perfection, but here it's talking about the ongoing practice of sin. "...no one who sins or practices sin has seen Him or knows Him." Again, it's clear. A true believer does not live in an ongoing habitual lifestyle of sin for days and weeks and months and years and never repents and changes. If you're a true follower of Christ, you can't go in two different directions. 1 John chapter 3, this same chapter here, Verses 18 and 19 give us another evidence of a very clear evidence of someone that's truly converted. Listen to what verse 18 says Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before Him. Again, John is very clear. If you really want to know that you're in the truth, that you're truly converted, you'll love not just in word, but in deed. Verse 20, "...in whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God." And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. And then chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 just brings it home clearly again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love, oh, how clear that is. <laughs> By this the love of God is manifested in us, that God love, uh, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another love for the family of God, love for our brothers and sisters, Uh, and and love is sacrificial, just like Jesus laid down his life and gave his life as a propitiation a full satisfaction for our payment, just like Jesus unselfishly sacrificed himself and loved us, so we are to love one another in an unselfish and sacrificial way. That's exactly what he's saying there. Here's a sixth um, evidence of conversion, and it, it is in First John 5, 5, verse 1, and it is that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. And so, uh, it is a belief that Jesus is the Christ, the very Son of God. And then, finally, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says this, For whoever or whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. A true, genuinely converted, born-again believer is one who is an overcomer, an overcomer of the world. Does that mean that we win every battle? No, but it means as a ongoing pattern or lifestyle, we're over. We don't get sucked into the world's way and the world's thinking and the world's actions, but rather we overcome the world. I finish this podcast with this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Listen carefully. Paul says, Test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? And I would encourage you right now to ask yourself the question, am I a genuine follower of Christ? Have I truly been converted? Have I truly been saved, born again? Are there evidences in my life that I am changed and that I love Jesus Christ? test yourself, examine yourself, not against somebody else's beliefs, but against the Word of God that we've just shared. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to this podcast again and just let the Spirit of God speak through the Word of God to your heart. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.